0: Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about passports to the Kingdom of Heaven. How do you get passports to the Kingdom of Heaven? How do you uh, operate? Well, we talked about that for two hours this morning. Uh, We talked about the passports of the world, the the history of the passports, and the fact that Nehemiah mentions passports way back in Chapter 2. And uh, that early Christians had passports, which they called the Logos which were written documents that uh, identified them as members of this private religion called church or called the way or called Christianity. It wasn't called Christianity everywhere. I heard, you know, I, I made a comment about righteousness on a Facebook group uh, that is talking about opening Oregon and uh i mean they they were trying to close down the county I'm in, and uh the county commissioner, who's been a guest on this show from time to time, challenged them and uh got them to reverse the closing of uh uh you know the the high level of secu- risk supposedly that we are suffering under uh because of the pandemic uh because they were counting the numbers incorrectly uh they were breaking their own rules and he called them out on it cuz he knew their rules he also went to a bible study this morning and i didn't get to talk to him about what he found out there but I, I know he knows some of the rules in the kingdom of god as well and uh when we were going through the rules concerning passports this morning uh which is uh, you can you can see them at preparingyou.com and uh, we have links to the different places where you can have the rules and uh, and read the rules. And there's an awful lot of them because it's in Title 22 and in Title 8 and and just goes on and on and on. But the reality is is that if you get a passport, you are bound by an oath. Whether you get one for a as a citizen, a federal citizen, United States citizen. Or if you get one as a non-citizen. You can get a passport as a non-citizen, but you have to be what they call a national. But in any case, anybody who gets any kind of passport from the United States is, is subject to an oath that is already written out. Whether they take it or not, they are assumed to be subject to that oath. It's your responsibility to look it up. And make sure you know what the oath is, what you're agreeing to when you take that benefit. Because when we closed the show, one of the last things we said as we closed the show was a quote from um, a maxim of law that says that to he who receives the benefit should also bear the disadvantage. And so, what is the disadvantage of getting a passport? Now, I'm not telling you not to get a passport. I just want you to know where the quicksand is at. If you want to play in the quicksand, that's okay. (laughs) And the fact is, you may need to get a passport in order to do what God wants you to do. But I want you to understand what the obligations are that are occurred when you get that. Now, chances are many of those obligations already exist for you anyway because you know you You've got a lot of other things you've applied for or your parents applied for for you. But uh one of the things about applying for a passport is that uh you renounce in a juror all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, sovereignty of whom which uh you have heretofore been subject or a citizen. Well, you know, that's pretty much why I can't, as a minister of the church, an ordained minister of Christ. You know, I've been ordained numerous times, but the reality is, that's what I'm saying. I've been ordained as a minister of Christ, and uh, by several different sources, uh, but there And and I don't care whether anybody believes it or not, I just know that for me, that is my responsibility to maintain that ordination, that uh, commitment. And I, I don't have a problem with it. But I could not take this oath because I could not abjure or renounce allegiance and fidelity to Christ, which would be a foreign prince or potentate, or state, or to the kingdom of God, which would be a state. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's an actual government. It's here now. Jesus took it away from the Pharisees, like he said he was going to do, and appointed it to other men, his little flock. And that appointment has passed down from generation to generation. And uh, it is somewhere in this whole mess Exactly, you know, I don't, I don't try to prove it. I don't, I don't carry around written documents that say it. I just say that that's the case and I, but by my works you will know whether I am or not. So anyway, that, that right there bars me from taking that oath. It may not bar you because you may already have allegiance to the United States for, for a lot of reasons or to whatever country you're in. But I'm just telling you how this is working. This is you know, Jesus is said, My kingdom's not of this world. He kept his apostles from being a part of the world. They were on the planet, but they weren't a part of the world. He's using a particular Greek word there. There's five different Greek words that are translated into world. And this one is the one that he says, My kingdom's not of this world to Pontius Pilate. He's using that word when he says he keeps his apostles out of the world, but belonging to God, he is using the same word again. If you don't know the meaning of the word, you have to go to preparingyou or hisholychurch.org and look up the word world. There's search engines there, you can look for it, and it will, will show you. And we'll show you all the references, and we'll show you what it meant at the time that Jesus uttered these words. And they were written down in the biblical text. And you can decide for yourself. But anyway, it goes on in that oath. Which, of course, Jesus said, swear not. Not at all. James said, above all else, stop the taking of oaths. And, of course, if you go and apply for a passport, you're taking an oath. But uh, that's your choice and that's your decision. But... uh and I'm, I'm not borrowing you from it. I won't condemn you for it. I'm just telling you what you're doing. And the oath continues to say that I will perform the United States. You know, like for instance, uh, you could be uh, forced into armed forces of the United States when required by law. But also, not even military, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by law, and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purposes of evasion. So help me God. Now, that being said, I'm just saying what doors you're opening once you do that. Uh, and, and that it also says very clearly in the codes, you know, Title 22, uh, if you want to look it up, Section 212, and you can also look up section 213 and 211 at the same time. Those are key numbers. Those numbers show up in bills. It it shows up, they show up in all kinds of bills. <laughs> Such as, you know, if if you want to look up in the U.S. codes, um, you can look up, uh, uh, let's see, what is it here? I think I have it here on the page even. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Title 42, United States Codes, Section 666. (laughs) Uh, It's it's 666. Section 13 is probably the most interesting. So, it's Section 13 in Section 666 of Title 42 of the U.S. Codes. You, You all are familiar with that, I'm sure. No? No, most of you probably wouldn't be, but there are some who listen regularly. Uh, Basically, it requires that everybody has a social security number Uh, for any kind of application for a professional license, a driver's license, an occupational license, a recreational license, a marriage license, uh, etc. You are to record your social security number on all those documents. And that's... That's because the state is your parents' patria. And that is the way they number the their children, is with the Social Security number. But that's another issue. We're not on that issue. But I just thought I'd point that out. It's mentioned on the page so you can see. It's way down at the bottom. It's not that important. I mean, it's important. It may be important to you to know that. Uh, but the fact is, these laws are changing all the time. Right now, you only have to have the number... For those things, as far as the government is concerned, most of the time you want to open up a bank account, and you need it. If you want a job, you need it. You actually are not legally required to have it for any of those things. Uh, but, because they don't really have the power to make that rule. But it, most people think they do, and <laughs> think they have, so they won't give you a job or open up a bank account. If you know a banker that would, give me a call. <laughs> Because there's an awful lot of them that won't. Because they they absolutely don't understand the law. You can show it to them, and they still don't understand the law. There's a few, but not very many. But, of course, most of you don't understand the law. So, anyway, on, on this page, we went through the definitions, the different definitions that they have in there. And we were pointing out that a foreign state can actually be a trusteeship. And, of course, that's what Christ did when he appointed a kingdom as my Father has appointed to me to his little flock flock became a trusteeship and that was basically the trusteeship of the kingdom of God. Now they weren't to exercise authority one over the other, but they hold a particular place in history. Now there's been a counterfeit church that's come along and tried to take their place, but the real church still exists. There's not a lot of people in it. Most people are out there following the apostate church. They're the modern Christians who are doing all the things that Christ said not to do and failing to do all the things that Christ said to do. But anyway, this is, this is business as usual. <laughs> so anyway, but you just have to listen to the first two hours that we will make available, probably on this page in about nine days. But, uh, I, I mentioned some other things. The Department of State occasionally receives requests, uh, for Certificates of Non-Citizen National Status Pursuant to Section 341B of the Immigration and Nationality Act, INA, that's what they call that, the INA, Immigration and Nationality Act, which you find it codified in Title 8, United States Code, Section 1452B. (laughs) So, anyway... (laughs) So that that'll help you if you want to look it up. most of you don't want to look it up but anyway, the reason I'm going to all this is there are gurus out there saying that you can get your freedom if you uh, if you if you don't uh if you just go get a passport as a non u s citizen there is no evidence that that is true uh the, the same people they quote the the you know the act of eighteen seventy one and they try to say that that's where we lost our freedoms, the Act of seventeen eighteen seventy one. 1871. No, that's not. You know, we, we have a whole page on that and show you that's not true. That's not how you lost your freedom. Or, or your freedom was diminished. Now, there are reasons that these things take place, and there are, there is ownership and trusteeships all behind the scenes, and we would go through them one by one and show you, but none of that is going to help you. The only reason we're addressing it is to keep you from the delusion that somehow or other you can make yourself free by filling out some paperwork or defying the government. Christ, Christ wasn't telling us to do that. He said, if you owe you tax, pay your tax. And we have pages up to show you why you owe the taxes that you owe. But we're not responsible for making you pay it or helping you not pay it or any of that stuff. We're trying to get you into a spiritual place that awakens your mind so you can see what so many people do not see. And some of you, you, you've woken up to the fact that you've lost a great deal of freedom in America. Like, there was just a Bernie Sanders commercial. Somebody was mentioning it. I I actually overheard it on... Somebody was listening to it on a phone, uh, Facebook, or YouTube, or something. And they were pointing out that uh, Bernie Sanders has a commercial out there where he says, Are you free? You know, they're asking, I mean, I have it exactly right. I was a long ways away listening to it. But basically, he's asking, are you free? And uh, then you get these young people on there, and basically they come to the conclusion that they're not free if they have to pay for their medical, if they have to pay for their education. They're not free. If they have to take responsibility for their own life, I guess they're not free. Uh, they're only free if somebody else pays for their education pays for the health care they force somebody else to pay for their health care then they 're free they 're free from the responsibility of taking care of themselves. They can eat what they want doctors will fix it. they can do what they want with their life you know they can they don 't have to save their money to go to college they don 't have to learn to be responsible. The government will pay for it all. this of course weakens the people, which socialism always does and I just shared a comment. Is, somebody who is bad-mouthing religion and and you know I kind of bad-mouth bad religion <laughs> Christ I mean five times the word religion shows up in the Bible and they're talking about it four times in a negative sense it's a bad thing religion four times it says that religion is a bad thing one time it talks about religion being a good thing and that's pure religion that's when you take care of the needy of your society unspotted by that world That Jesus is not a part of. That his kingdom is not a part of. That the trustee-ship of his kingdom is not a part of. So, anyway, if you don't understand all these things, you know, we have it all written out on books. We can help explain it to you. But ultimately, what we're trying to explain to you is that Christ showed you how to get your freedom back. Not only that, but how you as a people, not individually, I can't guarantee individually, but as a people who seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, righteousness, you can obtain your freedom and liberty under God. But it's not liberty to be irresponsible and to neglect your responsibilities. It's liberty to take on your responsibilities. And your responsibilities includes that you have to take care of yourself and take care of your children, but you also have to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're going to church and it's not showing you how to do that in a real time way, you're probably not going to a church established by Jesus Christ. The church established by Jesus Christ has nothing to do with me. I didn't establish it. He did. I'm just trying to conform to what he established. And and in my personal life, he's blessed me because of that. I'm I'm not you know, theoretically wealthy. If I was wealthy, I'd make myself poor like Christ made himself poor. And I would use whatever wealth that came my way to do what Christ did with his wealth when it came his way. Because Christ was rich. That's what the Bible says. Christ was rich. He wasn't a poor... Joseph wasn't a poor carpenter. He was actually a very wealthy man. Yeah, that's... that's. Nowhere does it say that Jesus was poor. It does say that he was rich. And of course, we know who some of his relatives are, because in history, they're considered some of the richest men in all of Judea. But he made himself poor. And that wasn't because he was king. As king, he wouldn't have to make himself poor. He could have been absolutely wealthy, but, and we knew he was the highest son of David. We knew he was to be the king. And we knew that from his birth, Simon knew it. A lot of people knew it, but what we, a lot of people did not know is that he was also to be high priest. And we explain how he was high priest and king. Technically, technically, the high priest and king. You know, with the, you know, eyes dotted and the T's crossed. And there was a reason for this because once he had obtained that kingdom, he could appoint. In trust to other men, that kingdom. And why did he do that? And then say that I have to go. So that the kingdom would grow in these other men. Now, he didn't appoint it to everybody. He appointed the trusteeship to some men, put extra requirements on them, just like Moses put requirements on the Levites. And down through the ages, those men have been around. They haven't been so available. Because they've been killing them off. (laughs) And driving them into the wilderness for centuries. But they're still here. And uh, if you will turn around, if you will personally repent and turn away from the ways of the world, and the ways of these gurus who tell you that you can be free by filing papers, uh, you could be a part of that quest for the kingdom of God. But you also have to be a part of that quest for the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is to create a daily ministration of faith, hope, and charity through the perfect law of liberty. Because unless you care about others as much as you care about yourself, you're not going to be free. It's just not going to happen. You'll be looking over your shoulder forever. So anyway... As defined by the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. So, a U.S. citizen is a U.S. national. But only a relatively small number of persons acquire U.S. nationality without becoming U.S. citizens. And you can find that in section 101A21. And that we have there, you know, links to it <laughs> on the webpage so you can look it up for yourself. So, of the INA defines the term national as a person owing permanent allegiance to the state. We already showed you where that's covered in other codes as well. But Section 101A22, it's very clear. You owe a permanent allegiance to the United States. Now, in Section 308 of the... uh, uh INA conference US nationality but not US citizenship on persons born in an outlying possession of the United States or born of parents or parents who are non citizens non citizen nationals. They're they're nationals, but they're non citizen nationals, who meet certain physical Presence or residence requirement, the term "outline possession of the United States is defined in Section 101A29, which we have links to that as well. So, you can go look it up yourself. I'm putting a lot of this up. If you go to these websites that I mentioned earlier in the earlier shows, they, they talk about they're not responsible for anything that you think. They're not giving you any advice. And, of course, I'm not giving you any advice and that you have to study it. If you don't understand it, you have to study it. Well, I'm giving you the rest of the story. Of the INA, as uh, American, it goes on to mention in this section 101, American Samoa, Swain's Island, no other statutes define any other territories of any of the states as outlying possessions. So there you have it. So you have to be careful because you know way back at the beginning I said that you know when you make these applications everything in the application has to be true. You could because you're going to sign that under penalty of perjury, and nobody should be trying to get you to sign things under penalty of perjury that aren't true. And so you know I mentioned these things you go look them up yourselves and like I say many of the links are there on the page so you can go look them up yourself. But the reality is is this is this is not you're gonna need more than paper to get to a place of liberty and freedom. You're gonna need the power of God. And you're you're you don't need people who have wishful thinking as their goal <laughs> as their guiding light. Uh, it's that's just not going to happen. Uh, that's not gonna, that's not good for you. And so we have we cover the same thing under the section of dual nationalities. So we approach this from several different ways, and sometimes it brings up other codes because you're looking at other things. But a citizen of the United States has pinned in Articles One and Two of the Constitution that uh, you were born in, which oh. I, I see there may be a typo here and that. I'll have to go back and look at that. But anyway, we have an article up, and I think, yeah, I've got a, a link there to it, on citizen. There was state citizenship, and you know, I mentioned it this morning that the states were as foreign to each other as Mexico is to Canada, even after the ratification of the Constitution. They had to put the United States federal, federal government on property outside of the state. So they sessioned land from the state. But what land did they session from the state? I'm not even going to tell you. But anyway, so they put the capital on that. According to these bills, which I've already read, and write, Washington, D.C. is a state already. It's just not a state of the Union. Now, they want to make it a State of the Union so it can vote on, you know, it would have two senators that they could send to Congress, and if they did that to Puerto Rico, they'd have two senators, and these are very socialist places, so they're going to get Democratic senators, and they're trying to pad so they have control of the House and the Senate and the presidency. And they may have cheated on the election. Well, we know people did cheat in the election, we just don't know. For sure, at least not in a court of law. It hasn't been proven in a court of law that they cheated enough to make a difference in the election. And maybe somebody will take it to court. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I, 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 I mean, interested from a historical standpoint it would be interesting to see it happen. But I know where your salvation really lies. But in order to go up against the evil that is afoot, because there is actual real evil behind what's going on in the world today. You know, like uh, the what they called the insurrection on January 6th, which really wasn't an insurrection. It was vandalism. That That's what it was. It was vandalism. I mean, they had people from the weathermen go into the state capitol and set a bomb that went off, what, about 1.30 in the morning. Didn't kill anybody miraculously because they had, you know, everything was vacant. I mean, it blew doors off and did all kinds of damage and everything. And it was put in by the weathermen. Weather Underground. What they call the Weather Underground. Bill Ayers was a member of the Weather Underground. He promoted these kinds of things. They bombed all kinds of stuff. That was that wasn't even really insurrection. It was violence. It was anarchy. The bad form of anarchy. It was uh, it was criminal you know, any, anytime anybody, you know, is going around setting bombs, that's that's criminal. And, of course, the trespass on January 6th, there was some criminal activity in that. Everybody that was in the Capitol building were had didn't commit crimes. Uh, because there were a lot of people, you could see them on video, just being let in. The guards were just opened up the door and people were walking in. and They were asking, should we go in here? You know, like... I guess, they're just opening the door. The guards are standing right there and standing back and just letting people go in. So I saw the guards actually move barricades and let people come and and wave them forward. So what, what was that all about? Now, there's no doubt that many of the people went in there, did violent things, and did damage, and they should be held accountable for that. But insurrection, they had no plan you know, take over (laughs) government. You know, put somebody else in the place of Schumer or anything like that, or Pelosi. Uh, I think there were a lot of different people in there that day and doing a lot of different things. But none of that has to do with your salvation. What Christ was talking about was your salvation. Now, we're going to do a little shift of gears. You know, we're almost halfway through the show. And I like to put more spiritual things in the second show or this third hour uh, on a particular topic. And you can go to the page and, you know, have all the quotes there that the masses continue with an appetite for benefits and the habit of receiving them by the way of the rule of force and violence. And the people having grown accustomed to feeding at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others, Institute the rule of violence. That's what's happened. Now, instituting that rule of violence, that greed, that avarice—you know, where you want the benefit, you want somebody to pay for your education, and you don't have to do it. That—that's avarice. You want the bit. You, you decide. You have the appetite for benefits. What that does? Well, it, it sets you up for eventually fear. It sets you up certainly for anger. That's why you see so many of these angry people just yelling and screaming about Trump and everything, because it sets you up for anger. Now, this is where I wanted to get to right at the halfway mark. Light observed acts differently than light not observed. You know, they they throw protons, they cast protons through barricades and they they will create a pattern on the other side you know, when they send the light through. Light observed will react different than light unobserved. They they don't know why that is, but they've done a lot of experiments and the, it's a phenomenon. Something's going on. You know, years and years and years and years ago, I, I built what is affectionately called a Rife Blaster, which was based on the Royal Rife's technology of frequencies. It actually... Uh, using it for 15 minutes one time cured my body of a chronic problem that was crippling me. And I found that amazing that it actually did that. And and I had one that was working here for a long time that we had built and now the screen is going out so it doesn't work out so well I might be able to get it working again. And I could build another one uh, using other technology uh, that is actually cheaper now. And you can actually buy a frequency generator that will produce the square wave necessary. And I have all, I have tons, piles of notes from Rife himself and from Crane and from other people who worked on the project. But what I know is that you are designed to be a frequency generator. Your body generates frequencies. Right now, it does that. Now, in your body, there are billions of cells. Most of them, it's not even you. It's other living creatures, other living bacteria, and all sorts of creatures. And then, of course, there's viruses all over the place in your body. They're not all called viruses. They're exosomes, which are the same as viruses. Uh, Your exosomes might cause a toxic effect in somebody else's body, and then you would call it a virus. (laughs) Some other creature's body. But uh, anyway, we've talked about that. You should listen to all our audios on viruses and 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 understand how it works because it's just miraculous what God has done. But and we have DNA, and we talk about DNA and spiritual DNA.
1: And what's your DNA
0: in this double helix? Which is part of your DNA. There's also uh, epid uh, DNA. Uh, you know the the extra outside of the string itself, but the DNA, the string, the double helix, it, it they usually draw it in a spiraling appearance with these links between the different combinations of chemicals, and that's your DNA. That's supposedly your genetic code. the The reality is is that this epid DNA and the double helix DNA, when you're angry. It's affected. When there's light, light's passing through your body all the time. And actually, the DNA in your body actually generates light. The nerve endings in your body actually generates light. Small amounts. Maybe not detectable by your eye. And maybe in frequencies that are not within the eye spectrum that the eye is sensitive to. And of course, if you if, it, if you were, it would make it difficult to see. But the reality is, is that we are beings of light as well as beings of flesh. And, but when you're angry, you affect the DNA of your body. When you're afraid, you affect the DNA of your body. When you're anxious, you affect the DNA of your body. When you're greedy, you affect the DNA of your body. When you're truly loving, not loving like a cat loves a bird a lot of people that you know I love so and so what you do is you love the feeling that you get when you're with so and so you know people talk about making love but they they're talking about the the chemical reactions that take place in your body when you are engaged in in uh interpersonal relationship physical relationships with other people uh but that isn't real love is actually giving life it's actually taking life that you have control of in your body and giving it to somebody else this actually sets a pattern in your body this is why so many people that are having trouble with depression and everything they're selfish people they do not live for others they you know they aren't taking care of other people, I mean, like you have a child, and it can be all consuming. it just you know it takes up all of your time and and if you give that time willingly, it can be a great blessing but if you're if you begrudge it that time, then it can be a very bad thing and it's the same thing when you you injure yourself and you get pain, and I've told people this you go to the pain with your attention. Remember, light observed reacts differently than light unobserved. They've done the experiments and they say this is actually the case. They don't know why. Well, I'm telling you why. Is Well, I'm not telling you exactly why. But there's more... There's more to light than meets the eye. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there's more to light than meets the eye. If but it's showing you something that's going on in the spiritual realms and the reality is that you have to seek the kingdom of God in the spiritual realms and in the physical realms you have to seek the righteousness of God righteousness of God in the spiritual realm as well as in the physical realm so there is a value in dotting the i's and crossing the t's that's the physical realm but if you're not actually loving your neighbor as yourself, if you're not actually laying down your time, your energy, your life for others, you're not really seeking the kingdom of God on all the levels you need to seek. And the fact is, I can guarantee you, all of you out there are not really doing that. If you're really doing it to the extent that you should be doing it, you wouldn't have to be listening to me you could hear God in your heart and your mind. Not your imagination speaking to you, not the schizophrenia of modern religion, but really, God in your heart and your mind. You would be at peace. You would not be full of anxiety and anger. You would not be full of doubts. You would not be full of conflict. All these things that you you experience are telling you, something's not right in within you. Remember, the kingdom of the God is within you. So there's something not right in the kingdom within you if you're experiencing these conflicts and difficulties. And, you know, like today, we were bringing the sheep in off the desert. I wasn't going to do it for a couple more days. I was going to try to get a little bit more feed out there mm-hmm. in the desert but I started, I was worried they weren't getting enough, so I started feeding them a couple of bales. I started feeding them a bale of alfalfa in the evening. Well, I fed them two bales yesterday, and they could think of nothing else but going out to the pen on the desert. i let them out to go graze, but then they kept coming back, because they said, well, maybe there's more alfalfa. <laughs> they wanted that cheesecake. They couldn't stop thinking about it, and they kept turning back, and so eventually we just decided to take them all the way back across the desert, and we... We brought them in, and they're here now until we lamb, and we'll lamb, start lambing in February, so we're pretty close to that lambing, but they could not forget about that alfalfa; They kept going back there, and so I I threw a half a bale into a truck that my wife was driving. It's an old truck that we use out on the ranch, and and. Uh, It has a low tailgate. And I was stolen them a little alfalfa. Some of them came to me when I called. And they came. And I fed them the alfalfa. And the others saw this. And they started following. And they were all following for a while. But we started getting farther and farther away from the desert pen. Where they had been getting that alfalfa every evening. And they thought, well, maybe we should go back there. (laughs) And we saw a large group of them break off. And start going up the hill. And headed back. Uh, you know. They, if they went up this hill. The hill was all clear. There was no brush on the hill. But when they got to the top. They'd be in the brush. And then they would be heading for. The desert pen. The keep. So to speak. Where we have out there in the desert. And so I. I hopped off. I put a bunch of hay right on the tailgate. And that told my wife just to keep creeping along. and And I jumped off. And I. Was running up to get around them, and I yelled to them, "Hey, you know!" And they stopped and they looked over at me as I was circling around and running up the hill and around. And uh, they were looking and looking, and then you could see them think, "But that elf elf up there in the keep was really tasty," <laughs> so you could see them thinking that that they were going to go that way, their belly. Their desire for the cheesecake was taking over what their master said they should be doing. And so I yelled another phrase. I said, Clover, come. Clover was in the truck. And that was, you know, like 50 yards behind me now, maybe 60, 70 yards behind me, because I was way out on the desert. And she was out of there like a bullet and running up along behind me. And she's what we call a black and white unit. She's a border collie. And uh, somebody spotted that. And then you could see the the sheep thinking, you know, alfalfa back at the keep or the dog's coming. <laughs> and well, soon, you know, I sent her out around the sheep and the sheep turned around and went back. And then all the sheep came together because there was a dog in the field. And they've learned at least that much. But the reality is, is that uh I can't sick a black and white unit on you if you don't go the right way. If you keep thinking the cheesecake, the easy way. You know, fill out these papers. Let's go this way. This guy said that there there might be alfalfa if we fill out these forms. <laughs> no. No. I'm the one who puts out the alfalfa. God puts out the alfalfa. <laughs> uh You're not gonna, you're not gonna trick your way into the kingdom of God. And you're not gonna trick your way out of the bondage. If, if you get an injury, I say go to the pain. The pain is guiding you to healing. But you have to go to the pain without resentment, without anger, with love. You have to embrace the pain. And it will bring healing. You know, I just, I just had a bout with, physical difficulties that was life-threatening. And uh, I've, I've somewhat overcome it now, so I'm okay. I'm still out there running across the desert, so I guess I'm okay. Uh, but I am getting older, and we all face death. But the reality is there's a healing ability in facing the pain, facing truth, accepting the truth. The truth is you're in the bondage of Egypt. The truth is, you haven't been seeking the kingdom of God, nor have you been seeking his righteousness. You've been seeking the self-justification you find in most religions. You have no daily ministration that takes care of all the needy of society unspotted by the world, the systems of the world, the socialism of the world, the benefactors who exercise authority, those rulers... You've been a man of appetite, but you did not put a knife to your throat, but you ate of his dainties, his deceitful meats, and now you're entangled again in the yoke of bondage. That's painful to know that. Go to the pain. Admit the pain. Confess the pain. Face the pain. Healing will come. Don't hide from it. Don't go off where there's an imaginary pile of alfalfa There was no alfalfa in the pen. I didn't put any alfalfa in the pen. God didn't put any alfalfa in the pen. And no matter what your gurus tell you, that there's alfalfa in the pen, it isn't there unless God puts it there. What's happening now is people are going and taking, injecting into their body a binary poison, thinking it is their salvation. And you can explain it. Take some of the top scientists in the world and explain what this binary poison is and how it works. They will, still know, they will still go. Because they want to believe that something else is true that just ain't so. Don't be one of those people. God has a plan. You can't see it yet, but he shows you little bits and pieces of it. Start putting your energy into that. It was a very long trip back <laughs> from the keep to to the home place where the sheep are now across the road. But, uh, you know, it's the way we had to go. Now, actually, when they got pretty much more than halfway across, matter of fact, right at about halfway across property, you know, half a mile from where they were, uh, they began to move more steadily. I, I wasn't with them because I had to go back and get another vehicle that was parked back up, so I had to run all the way back up to the other place get the other vehicle and come back. So I've, I've done my spare share of running for miles. I took the time to put this all together. Uh, it tells you, you know, the Plutarch knew the real destroyers of liberty... Of the people is he who spreads amongst them bounties, donations, and benefits. Samuel told you the same thing. Samuel warned that they, your your new commander in chiefs would take and take and take and take and take. There would be corruption. Well, I mean that the Bible is all about corruption in government. It mentions government hundreds and hundreds of times. What do you expect? Yeah, you do owe allegiance. You know, like it says in twenty two two twelve and. And those other, it's there. Give your allegiance. But turn around your thinking. That's what repentance is. Face the truth that you're in bondage. Do what Christ said. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You can do that now from where you're at. Pay your tally of bricks. Same thing. The plagues are coming. And uh, they will be, many of them will be self-administered. And yeah, evil is a foot. But righteousness is a foot. You need to start listening to righteous people. You know, I, I, there was somebody that I started out with this, this, on this journey with, years and years ago. And he is still following a political solution. Instead of the politics of Christ. It's the politics of Christ that is the solution because only the politics of Christ brings that light into every cell of your body and shows you what you need to know. You, personally, what you need to know. Where the sparrow needs to fly, where he needs to nest. (coughs) He will guide you. But fear, hatred, judgment, anger, avarice, Wantonness, all these things bring you into darkness. Brings every cell in your body into darkness. You want your cells or are antennas that need to stretch out. You know, like you take antennas have links. You get to a certain length of an antenna and this is how you get reception. A metaphysical reality comes to place in your body, which is where the kingdom is, that will begin to show you things that you could not see before. It is not signs and wonders that you will believe by. It is by this willingness, if you're not willing to come together to take care of the needs of your fellow man, to care for your fellow man, of course that starts with your family, your children, your spouse, But you have to, if we're talking kingdom, you have to care about others as much as you care about yourself. You have to be seeking the righteousness of God. And that means not covet your neighbor's goods. Not try to get free education at somebody else's expense. Free health care at someone else's expense. Socialism is the religion you get when you have no religion. The problem is with socialism you get men who say they are gods that are no gods. You know, like I said, that the Capitol building was bombed years ago by the weathermen or the weather underground. And Bill Ayers was a member of that. And Bill Ayers advocated that. And Bill Ayers still to this day hates capitalism. He wants to destroy capitalism, even if it means destroying the nation. The same people that were putting together the weather underground, many of them were College graduates, even university professors, they would sit around and were actually planning back then how to put 26 million people into concentration camps for re-education. Actually millions, 50 million people into concentration camps. They believed and they said this out loud and it was recorded by, you know, people who were uh, undercover agents in the weather underground. It was recorded by them that they were planning how to kill 26 million of them, terminate their lives. This is way back in the 70s. They were they were planning this. Our article on Cloward and Piven. They're they're planning to destroy the nation. Green New Deal has nothing to do with. Green, they're not. In, they're just getting the mindless masses to go along with us. The evil is afoot. They want to see six billion people dead. They're probably going to get a third of what they want, which would be a third of that'd be two billion people dead, and a lot of them will be children. And so, yeah, they always say save the children. You can guarantee that's not what they intend to save. They don't intend to save the children. Uh, they're not going to save the environment. They're not going to save you. And you need to stop following these false prophets, whether they're wearing a Roman collar or, you know, uh, out there preaching that they love Jesus or whatever. You need to actually start following the righteousness of Christ. Christ came to show the people how to create a daily ministration that cared for one another through charity alone. That's love. It is not love to provide benefits for others. It's not love to get out of pain for the benefit of others. This is one of the problems with the tax protester. He doesn't want to pay taxes. He wants to be free. He doesn't care about anybody else being free. He's not going to lay down his freedom for others. You need hundreds of thousands of people that are willing to lay down their life for others. Like when I stayed up, like I mentioned this morning, all night long. Actually, I had, I had about an hour of sleep. I was trying to do it at about 11 and I I just kept dozing off, 11.15, I know I was dozing off while I was sitting there trying to read this boring (laughs) code. That's why I haven't gone through the whole thing on these broadcasts. They're there, there's enough there to keep, to put you to sleep. But I woke up about 12.30 and I didn't go back to bed again. I just stayed up all night doing this because somebody wanted to know about this idea and this, his advocates they're not his advocates. I'm sorry. They could become his advocates. I've Nothing against them. But they're not advocating what Christ said. He advocated that you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There is no state citizenship. Because there is no state government. That because all the legislatures in the state government are citizens of the United States. The land in the states is all collateral for debt of the United States. You're collateral for the debt of the United States. It's a done deal. You're already in the bondage of Egypt, except it's not 20% of your labor. And if, even if you don't have a Social Security number, if you have a passport, they can come and demand your labor. It says that right there. I read it to you. I, I give you the numbers. You can look it up. For civilian work projects. They just make it so they can put you into concentration camps and start putting you to work. It's legal. It's not pirates coming and taking you. It's your masters coming and taking you. Except for the fact your masters have masters. And the masters of the masters of the masters want you dead. These people, most of the people out there that are implementing this and making this all come about, you know, the pandemic and the and the solution to the pandemic, and, you know, somebody went down and got the shot the other day, and they said, well, now we can get back to normal. <laughs> they were already announcing that even if you get the shot, you still have to wear masks. You should wear double masks. That actually, somebody said, well, they're telling you you should wear triple masks. I actually heard a guy on the news say you should wear four masks. <laughs> and, uh, it's just getting worse and worse, but they want you to be afraid because this is this is a secret, and I might as well tell you this before we run completely out of time. The evil behind the evil behind the evil the the, the principalities, these other realms that are controlling this from the dark places of the universe, they feed on your fear, they feed on your anger. They don't care if you're angry at them. They don't care if you're angry at uh, Trump or angry at Biden. They just want you angry. They don't care if you're afraid of the dark or afraid of the light. They just want you afraid. That's how they get power. They literally get power from your light going out. You need to be the light on the candle stand. And so, maybe next time, we'll talk about Malachi and some of the solutions. If you join the network, hopefully we will start talking more and more about the solutions. But really, the teacher needs to be Christ in you. In order to have Christ in you, you need to make room for Christ in you. And you need to stop all this wishful thinking and all this following after gurus. I don't want you even following after me. That's why God... Made me such a poor <laughs> example of a guru. I'm the world's worst guru. I'm the world's worst cult leader because I want you to take back your responsibilities. I, I'm not going to build it and then give you a place to be. You have to seek it. Even if I were to build it, you know, a secret ark somewhere, <laughs> could all get on. You won't get there on time. If you won't start seeking the kingdom of God in your day-to-day life. So whoever you're around, forgive them. Whoever you're around, care for them. Even if they're a jerk, love them. Love your enemies. I mean, Love them in a righteous sort of way. It doesn't mean you won't tell them the truth they need to hear. It won't mean that you won't scold them. But you will not scold them with anger. The world will be the black and white units. They will eventually, people will start to see, oh my gosh, we've gone the wrong way, and they'll want to turn around. Unfortunately, there's a lot of foolish virgins out there who will not be let in. You need to start turning around, start gathering together, start doing what Christ commanded, sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And so I don't know who that was. It kept sounding like somebody was coming on the line and I kept hearing the phone clicking. I'm wondering if, we've, if the FBI, did they do that still? <laughs> I noticed my cell phone has died on me several times in the last couple of days. Are they listening? <laughs> but anyway, join the network. Seek to join the living network. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Start learning the ways of Christ making room in your heart and in your mind for Christ to show you the way. Because he'll do a better job than me. Until then, peace on your house, and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom Dot is holy church dot net.